Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure and stay with us. Coming up here in just a few moments, the chairwoman of the North Dakota Dem NPL, Kylie Oberson, is going to join us. As we know, the DNC convention kicked off on Monday. It's been going all week. President Barack Obama is going to speak tonight. So Chairwoman Oberson is going to talk about some of her highlights. And one of the big things that many of you are asking me about is, OK, so what are the Democrats going to do for you and your family? You're going to get her answer about that and much, much more. And that's really where I want to start with you tonight, because if you've been watching much of the DNC convention, uh, you know, we know, obviously, Democrats, hey, they think orange man bad, right? They, they don't like Donald Trump. We all know that. But that really seems to be the predominant message. And I think you can you can try to influence people and votes by creating fear. And to some effect, um, I think that could be effective. And yet at, at the other side of the coin, you also want to talk about what's possible. What are you going to do for me? You know, how are you going to create a better future for myself, my family and my kids, my grandkids? And there just hasn't been a lot of communication or conversation via the DNC in my opinion, regarding that. So maybe if you have a different opinion, please share your point of view with us. But that's what I would ask you here tonight is, based on what you've heard from the Democrats, based on what you've heard from the DNC convention, if I were to ask you, so what are the Democrats going to do for middle America? I'm curious as to what your answer would be to that. The other thing I want to discuss as well is Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris have now done a joint interview together. It's the first one that they've done together since she decided to become his vice presidential candidate. And if you think about all the different news networks out there, uh, you know, we, we know we've talked about this here on the show that right now, 2020 is a fight for the soul of America. So I'm curious if you're going to go out and do your first interview together as a presidential and vice presidential candidate, what would you choose? You know, maybe a 60 minutes. Uh, Chris Wallace from Fox News Sunday does some very tough and rigorous interviews. We saw that with President Trump. So if you think about policy that matters, that's probably some of the uh, venues that you would go. But no, that's not where Joe Biden and Senator Harris went. Their first joint interview, folks. And I want to know your take on this, because as of up to this point, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have they haven't taken any questions from the press. So their first interview they decided to do together actually is with People magazine. People magazine. Now I want to share with you a couple questions that are in this interview. One of the first ones is. Senator Harris, what was it like to get the job offer? I mean, that doesn't really tell me much about policy or how it's going to impact your life. The other one here is, how do you stay in touch during a pandemic that makes physical campaigning difficult? Calls, texts. Senator Harris, are you going to be the kind of VP to tell him when he's wrong? I mean, those are the questions in a People magazine interview. And I think all of us, again, because of what's at stake in this election, we want to know, hey, what are your policies? And again, what are you going to do to make things better for my future and my kids' future, and I don't know if that's part of this People Magazine conversation. So uh, great interview here with the chairwoman, Kylie Overson. So enjoy our fantastic conversation about the DNC convention and much, much more. Kylie, welcome back to Point of View. Always great to have you with us. Let's start with the big DNC convention. Uh, I guess up to this point, what's been kind of your highlight or greatest moment so far? 
Sure, absolutely. Um, well, thanks for having me on, Chris. So we are in day three of the Democratic National Convention. And um, as you know, it's all been done virtually. And um, the DNC and the state parties have really adapted well to making this an engaging and interactive process, despite the fact that we're spread across the country. Um, I would say that my favorite part so far has been the ability for anyone to engage in this process, no matter where they are. Um, and also seeing a lot of young people who have been engaged. And we had a, a morning meeting today with several other states and there was several of our delegates who are you know, right out of high school who are very excited to be a part of this. And you know, they probably wouldn't have been able to engage in the same way if this was in person. So not ideal, but there's some silver lining to this format. No, I think that's such a great point. That's one of the things that I talk to more people about what's happened with COVID. I mean, obviously it's it's terrible and yet there's some silver linings where you're like, wow, I didn't think of that. And now that it's happening, maybe that's one of the benefits from this whole thing. So I, I realize that you and I probably run in different circles. So I'm going to share with you kind of the, the feedback that I'm getting from a lot of people as they say to me, look, Berg, I, I understand, you know, orange man bad to the Democrats. They hate Donald Trump. The thing that they continually ask me, so so what are the Democrats going to do for me? What's their platform going to do for middle-class America? How would you answer that? Sure, absolutely. You know, the, the Democrats, the Dem NPL in particular here in North Dakota, um, we have been and we continue to really be focused on building economic security for all families, all across North Dakota, all across the country. And I think that's what you'll see in the platform that comes forward from the Biden-Harris ticket is that they know people are struggling right now and they're committed to advancing and supporting policies that support working families, that support our teachers and our healthcare workers. And that's especially important right now in this global pandemic that we have strong leaders who are supporting those who are on the front lines and who are supporting the working families who are really having a hard time making ends meet right now. Joe Biden's been in public service, I, I think it's like 47 years. It's been a long time. Um, what do you believe his greatest accomplishment is for middle-class America? Oh, um, you know, I think that, that Joe Biden, given his long history in public office, there are a lot of things that, that he has done. I'm particularly proud of his work on um, violence against women um, and the, the, you know, his support of the, the violence, against, excuse me, violence Against Women Act and his, his support of advancing that. And, you know, similarly with bringing on Kamala Harris to the ticket, he shows that he knows how important it is to have a ticket that is diverse and represents the face of America. And so those two together, um, their background, you know, Joe, everybody's been highlighting and I think it's really important to me too that he's someone who's lived through tragedy and that that comes through in the sense of empathy and compassion that he brings to the table. And I think that's something that Americans, it's something that I know I've been missing in our current leadership, is someone who can understand where people have walked. And so I'm looking forward to that you know, trait being back at the table. You know, historical time, obviously, for the VP pick with uh, Kamala Harris. Did I say that correctly this time? Kamala Harris, yes. Okay, thank you, Kamala Harris. Uh, so for her, you know, uh, we understand, obviously, choosing her, Joe Biden said he was going to choose a woman, but as far as accomplishments, what, what stands out to you from Kamala Harris as her biggest accomplishment for, for middle America? And can she, can she relate to middle America being from California the San Francisco area? Sure, absolutely. I know I think Kamala's story being the child of immigrants and now being on a major party ticket as a vice presidential candidate highlights exactly what we want to show that 
anyone in America can accomplish. You know, she she rose up from you know the family that she that she was um, a part of, and she has accomplished so much with her you know her law degree and moving on to be a prosecutor and then attorney general and now the United States senator. Um, yes, she's in a, a big state, but she also like Joe Biden brings a sense of empathy and compassion to the table that allows her to relate to people from all walks of life. Um, you know, she grew up with with a mother who pushed her to work hard and to not just complain about things, but to take action and make changes when she sees problems. And that's what she's done throughout her whole career. And so, you know, the the story that she has, the perspective she brings, I think will be really valuable and resonate with a lot of voters across the country. I want to get your take on this. Um, you understand politics as well as anybody. Um, you know, she's a female. She said that she believed Joe Biden's accuser. She was pretty tough on him in debates and now ends up being uh, and going along and being vice president along with him on the ticket. Try to help people understand how does she square those things by saying, yes, I believe these accusers. Now I'm going to run as VP. Sure. You know, this all of this, you know, the accusations that have come out this year, that's certainly been tough for a lot of people to um, to grapple with. And I think Kamala had to go through her own process of of deciding to believe the women who come forward, um, but also understand that there's always two sides to the story. And, um, you know, in, in Joe Biden's case in particular, I think what Kamala saw was was past all of those accusations. She sees someone that she trusts and someone that she can work with and that more than anything that she believes can be Donald Trump and bring the you know leadership and integrity back to the White House that we so desperately need. Um, look, you know we know that there's not everyone is going to like Joe Biden, not everyone's going to like Kamala Harris, but that's that's what politics is. You know you get you put forward options and choices, you put them on the ticket, you let voters have that say. Um, but as a Democrat, I'm proud of the ticket that we put forward and excited for the many different experiences and and different parts of their background and stories that they bring to this ticket. Um, I want to ask you about this as well, because you mentioned earlier that, look, people are struggling right now. We all know what this COVID situation has done to some businesses and employees. And yet you've got Speaker Pelosi saying, hey, I want to bring people back to get money for the post office. But they aren't necessarily going to pass a simple skinny bill. Thank you so much to Chairwoman Overson. There is more to that conversation. So if you want to see it in its entirety, just go to our Facebook page and you can watch all of it at facebook.com forward slash POV now. All right, stay with us. Coming up next, we're going to hear about the recent decision that the Governor Walls administration did in Minnesota to hinder to hinder the Minnesota economy right here in greater Minnesota. we got a very special guest coming up to talk about that and much, much more right after this. And as always, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back. 